All right, how we doing, everybody? I'm your host, Will Reddington, and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Big episode today. I'm joined by my good friend and a very special guest, Chase Shellman. He's going to tell me all about his first year of experience playing basketball overseas. We're going to learn a little bit about North Macedonia, and Chase has a special announcement. He's going to tell us on Red Talk first where he is going to play next season, and then I am joined, of course, by Lexi Browning for Bachelor Red Talk, Bachelor in Paradise, week two and three, I guess, out of four hours of TV, a lot to take in. We worked it all into about 28 minutes. Our show is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy Sports. Use promo code RED with two Ds for a $20 deposit bonus on any deposit, $20 or more, available anywhere you can get your apps. Our show is also brought to you by O'Shea's Irish Pub, best bar in Louisville, best bar in Jeffersonville. Check out shoposhays.com for all of your merch. They have vintage tees on there. You can even get O'Shea's playing cards. Everything you could possibly want, all your O'Shea's gear, it's right there, shoposhays.com. All right, let's get it going. Right, Red Talk, we are back with a very special guest, professional overseas basketball player, Chase Shellman. What a title that you have now. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing good, Will. It's always good to be back on here. That's good to hear. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. Why don't you tell everyone what you've been doing for the past year? So a little kind of around this time last year, I think it was actually September 1st, flew out. I had signed a deal earlier in the summer to go play basketball professional in North Macedonia, which for most people who don't know geography very well, it's like Northern Greece. I didn't know until I got there. But uh, so I got there a little in September. I was in Skopje, Macedonia. Didn't know what to expect walking in. Uh, never been out of the country or less in a Balkan area. So I was really surprised at what I saw with great people, great food, great coaching staff, management, everything. So I got there, um, kind of jumped straight into things, practicing, playing. We were playing in the Macedonian League. We were playing in a Balkan League that allowed us to travel to kind of those surrounding countries. So I got to see a lot, play a lot, injuries and COVID kind of messed some things up. But overall, the eight months I was there was probably the best experience I've ever had. Wow, that's awesome to hear. And I feel like that could go either way. I've heard horror stories from other players that have played overseas as to like, wow, my life was so much better in America before I went and did this. And it's great that you had, you know, an opposite experience. What did uh, what did COVID actually do? Did you get games canceled, trips canceled? Yeah, no, absolutely. I've heard some horror stories. So going in, I was a little nervous, but I got lucky and uh, landed with the right club. But yeah, for sure. So when I first got there, it was like almost it was kind of prime COVID season here in the States. And uh, when I got over there, it was a little delayed response. So at first, uh, everything was pretty normal. Um, we couldn't really travel outside of Macedonia much after a while. But when I first got there, everything was pretty open. And so we all games were going fine. Season was going fine, like practices. It was almost like everything was normal. And then uh, just out of nowhere, it started spiking over there, sort of like it did in the States restaurants kind of limited their hours capacity 
Um, our team had to get tested here and there. Like when our first time we got tested, myself and like 10 other guys on the team all tested positive. So we all got quarantined for two weeks, which didn't cancel games. I mean, at the time it did, but it just postponed them. So we ended up making them up in the long run. But it kind of was a battle all season with guys getting sick or we're thinking they have COVID or uh, our opponent last minute guys test positive so we have to cancel the game like it was just it made things definitely hectic just as everyone's life but especially being overseas at times when you don't understand the norms or even like like the cultural differences and language and stuff it made it made it even a little more difficult upcoming year goes a little better for you i know a lot of other countries around the world not all of them but most of them are handling the coronavirus better than the united states is (laughs) So we'll see how it goes for you. But I'm going to jump into some questions that I've that I've carved out for you throughout my workday. And you just kind of touched on one of them. Uh, communication. I imagine that's very tough. You know, you're very talkative guy, friendly person. You go into a country, like you said, you've never been out of the country before. You go to North Macedonia. I'm sure more than half the listeners didn't even know that. <laughs> so you go over there. How... How did you communicate? Were several of your teammates American? Were some of them not? Uh, your coach? Tell me about how you talk to people. So it was pretty wild, actually. So before going over there, I had one conversation with my owner over the phone. And uh, he spoke very, very good English, like a couple words here and there, but nothing serious. But very easy to communicate with, even got the slang and stuff. So I was like, okay. Like, he, he told me most of the team spoke English. So I was like expecting kind of good. And on top of that, our team had four other Americans, so I, I knew for sure I could speak with. But once I got over there, I was absolutely surprised at how many people spoke English and how good their English was. Every single person on my team spoke fluently, not not really any issues in the communication. Like The only time you'd ever have a problem is if we would go maybe to a restaurant and there was a person over like the age of 50, or if we go to the market to get groceries and have a question like, the older population didn't speak English at all, but the younger population, they said from just growing up, listening to American music, watching American movies, TV shows and stuff, they just kind of picked it up. And as well as in their schooling, they enforce it a little more than here in the States where we just have to take a semester of Spanish or something and just kind of get it over with over there. They put a lot of emphasis on it. So they all they all spoke almost better than me at times. Wow. The music playing a factor. Wow. Shout out to Nelly. Great artist. Uh, <laughs> you you have a week, right? A fictional scenario. You have a week. You don't have to fly. You don't have to travel or anything. Where are you choosing to eat? You have to eat at the, in the same country for a week. Are you going with North Macedonia or America? <sighs> it's hard to say because both have their, their benefits. I got my certain spots here in Louisville that I'm absolutely obsessed with. But over there, overall, the food was definitely higher quality. It was like every restaurant you went to, it was almost like that home cooking style. It wasn't just like uh, processed or mass manufactured, nothing like that. The food was just quality. So the I, I told everyone I got back, my favorite part of being over there was first the people and then second the food because it just blew my mind most places we went. So I, if, I had to, if I had to pick, I'd go with North Macedonian meals. <laughs> Okay. Impressive and and rare answer. I can't imagine I would have the same experience. I still eat like a six-year-old. Overseas players typically sign one-year deals and go to different countries, different teams constantly. It's very different than professional sports in the United States. How much work do you personally have to do to find your next landing spot? 
Absolutely. So like you said, with our one-year deals and such. So last summer when I signed this deal with North Macedonia, I knew that was just going to be a one-year deal, which ultimately is only an eight-month deal or however long our season lasts. So immediately when I get back to the States, I'm signed with an agency, One Motive Sports, who take care of really all of that for me. They, they keep track of how I did in the season. They're always posting stuff. They're always contacting teams. So once I'm back, they kind of opened the market up. It was tough last year just because COVID was going on and a lot of teams didn't know if they would have leagues. So people are signing early or guys are signing late. So it was kind of more of a struggle. But this year with the, the market being more open, our agents were kind of sending our stuff out daily to teams. Teams contact them about watching film, similar, like wherever you played at before, those teams in that area might even recruit you. So really on my part, I don't do anything except communicate with my agent on what I want or what who's interested or possibilities and stuff like that but really on my part it's just the training and staying prepared for whenever a deal does come through right oh it's awesome that you have somebody doing that for you I would imagine that's an incredibly difficult process or at least takes a ton of work I'm sure people are recruiting you as well but to have somebody kind of bring something to you hey this is where you have to go this is what you have to do has to make that process entirely easier absolutely Um, you you graduated from Spring Hill. You were there for a long time, had some injuries. You have your master's, right? Yes. Okay. So you don't have to get into the details here, but I think this is a really interesting topic for guys that play basketball at smaller colleges and then decide to go overseas and play for however many years. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you got a regular job, one that your degree enabled you to get. Mm-hmm. What's the pay difference like? Is it around the same? Are you making less money playing overseas than you would at a regular job? Does it really not matter to you? Where are you at with that? So I guess that's a that is kind of a tough question, depending on what job. I mean, if the with the scenario given, I hope to do some type of sales job when I am back from officially done playing basketball. And I hope that would pay well. I don't know what the starting out would pay on any of that. I know a rough guesstimate. But it's kind of different. So when our contracts overseas included in the contract is like housing, meals, the flights there, flights home, transportation, uh, if they give you a car or not. So a lot of stuff kind of goes into it on top of the your base salary that you get for just playing. So, I mean, realistically, the, I mean, the deals over in European countries, especially for a guy like me, are m- not even close to a, a professional sport here in the States. Sure. And even even in these countries like North Macedonia, it's a it's a much poorer country than in the state. So I assume the salary there would be much lower than an average salary for most jobs in the United States. Well thought out answer there. I love you. You're a pretty smart guy. Now, this is a tough (laughs) question for you here. So I'm going to ask kind of a follow up to this later. I I did um, a listener Q&A where I have some questions from some from some other unnamed people that you're never going to (laughs) know later. But uh, this one right here, this is just for me. So I meet you at the sales. You're a freshman. You're you're the chosen one. You know, oh, there's Chase Shelman. He's going to be so great. <laughs> and, you know, you are kind of tall and stuff, but you look like you look like a little baby, you know, like, oh, yeah. and you have completely transformed. And a lot of that is is just God. You know, you have a beard now and you look older, but you don't <laughs> you don't post a lot on Instagram. You know, if you go to your Instagram, you can still find your baby self without really even <laughs> scrolling. So. What do you credit your your body transformation to? Because now you're all you know jacked and strong. Kyle says six foot seven. So hyping me up a little bit on the strength, but I would say so. Whenever I left high school to go to college, I think I was at like one eighty my senior year of high school, and then by the time my 
freshman year was over in college, I was around like two or not, but I'm like 205. So like, just, they always say like, you get the freshman 15 and I say it's either from beer or like working out. <laughs> so, uh, so I think I just, I mean, our coaches were just adamant about us being in the gym and our weights and practices were just hell at times. So they really just pushed me. So I gained weight there. And then over time, just slowly continued working out, continued growing, continued filling out. But really my fifth year of college after I was coming off an ACL injury when I really couldn't do any running sprints. So I was just doing a lot of just lifting, trying to get my body stronger. And that's really what benefited me that fifth year. I just kind of got so powerful down low that I just used strength to my ability more than my athleticism. So uh, I think really just the injury and then just growing up in general just helped out a lot, but I try and maintain it now because that's kind of how, how I play my game. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, even when you were at Spring Hill, like you came home from one summer, and I was like, that's a completely different guy right there. That's <laughs> that's insane. So credit to you and your body transformation, I guess. This one's a tough one. And I was thinking about it today, and I, I'm not super well-versed in the history of DeSales basketball, a place that we both played, a place that we love. Would you consider yourself to be the best DeSales basketball player of all time? <laughs> I uh, I would not say so. Uh, I really don't know all who's come through to sales and who's played there. And I really don't even know like all the records and stuff. I know I'm not the all-time leading scorer. I'm right. probably not the all-time leading rebound or assist. Probably none of that. I mean, I think in the last, and I really don't know any of these recent kids there, but I think before, before I graduate, I would at least say I'm probably the I don't, I don't honestly, I really don't even know. I would like to say that I'm at least top five all time. Yeah. That I'll being said, I don't, I don't know who was all there before, but I would like to put myself up there, I guess. Well, it depends how you interpret the question too, because like Donovan Mitchell is not like a, in terms of when he was at Louisville, is probably not a top 10, top five, definitely player that we saw in our lifetime in terms of college success. But when you leave a place and what you do after is, equally important especially in an argument with people that don't know everybody yeah. else that didn't watch UofL in college or isn't a UofL fan would be like oh yeah Don Mitchell best UofL basketball player of the last 25 years and th that's really what I, I was thinking about at work is I mean when I'm thinking of like the best that I know of I'm thinking Cody Cutsinger and Corbin Maynard and and yourself and and 2011 Brandon Brooks what a dog but <laughs> when you look at what happens afterwards you know I don't know if any of them go overseas and actually play professional basketball and I'm sure we're missing plenty no that's absolutely correct and yeah I mean a lot of guys went on had great college careers like all those guys you really just listed they were great players and stuff I think I've been told by a few old heads at DeSales and stuff that I'm the first guy to go actually play professionally for basketball. There's been football guys and stuff, but for basketball, I think I've been told by uh, Bucket Hat, Mr. Murph, who's been there longer than the school itself. He told me that he is, I am the first professional basketball player that he can ever remember. The prophet has spoken. I think that answers our question. <laughs> so um, you, you just finished a year in North Macedonia. You said it's a great experience. You've been home for a while now. We've been partying a little bit. It's been great. What is next for you? So it's, it's cool that you asked that because it's actually been just a long waiting process. So this time last summer, I was signed around, I think like middle of July to the to North Macedonian team. So it gave me a lot of time for, to prepare because I signed so early. But the market's been a lot more open this year. And uh, I mean, there's been early signing. There's been guys signing in the middle, guys signing now. And actually, lately, I've been getting more interest. Early on, I had a team from Iceland contact me, offer me 
Uh, it was a great team, great league. Uh, didn't really love the location of things or the logistics. So I uh, rightfully turned it down, which was probably a blessing in disguise. And then actually here this past weekend, uh, getting a little nervous just because it's getting a little closer to leaving time for most guys. I got in 20 minutes, I had an offer from a team in Finland and a team from Germany. And, and uh, it's kind of been in the works with my agent and talking with my family and figuring out the best situation. But actually this morning, I finally inked into the contract so I will be leaving to go to Germany this Sunday. Wow, how exciting. It's kind of breaking news. <laughs> it's the first anyone's heard of it, really. This is massive for Red Talk. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't be afraid to wait until tomorrow to put this out. Uh, well, congratulations. That's wonderful to hear. Uh, Germany is a, is a bigger, more prominent country when it comes to basketball and soccer. Even Bayern Munich is one of the best like international basketball clubs in the world. So you're going over there, and I mean, that's a great stepping stone. Germany is definitely bigger and more accomplished than North Macedonia and basically every Absolutely. sport that I've ever heard of. So I'd say it's a massive <laughs> step up. <laughs> no, it definitely is. And as great as North Macedonia was, uh, I mean, Germany is definitely where – a place that I've been, I mean, that's kind of everyone hopes to end up in Germany eventually. And they have multiple leagues, such and such, but I'm very happy to go there to a, a bigger country to see new things, new people, experience, travel a little more and kind of see what their basketball league has to offer. So I'm really excited to see what they have in store. I can't wait to watch you post some stuff on Instagram. Maybe you have to pick it up in that department. Like your, your life is too cool to not post stuff. I uh, know I've been uh, I slack a little bit on there. I kind of just get to the point where I forget about it and then post eight photos in short amount of time, but I'll, I'll try and I'll try and keep track a little more while I'm over there. That's my best advice to you. Be more active on that bad boy. <laughs> okay. So a couple Q and A's I posted this on like a close friend story. So you couldn't hear it. I did it like three o'clock today. Didn't get much back. <laughs> this first one is totally ridiculous. Uh <laughs> All right, so Chase has decided not to answer the first few questions. <laughs> um, th this one's good. This is from a random anonymous listener. Uh, does it get annoying when you go out with Will and girls are coming up to you <laughs> asking you to set them up with him? <laughs> That's a great question. I like to think of myself as an awesome wingman. So, I mean, it's a, it's a done deal usually when they come up to me asking for Will. You totally are. Yeah, you're a great wingman. And I, I know it can get annoying. You know, me me just standing over there, hanging out with the guys and all these girls coming up to you like, who is your your friend over there? <laughs> that's, that's so tall and six, seven. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. No, you make it easy. That's that's great. OK, um, the, some of these are totally ridiculous. I got the the first one that we just omitted six no different doubt. times. What is your? Oh, that okay, one's also ridiculous. Yeah, uh, this one you just answered. But will you please move across the country before the Desales Alumni League playoffs start? And you are. That is so great. I can't so, wait. To someone got there. Someone got their wish. I was planning on taking the trophy home, but I got a lot of faith in my team. I think they still might be able to pull it out. Yeah, it's very possible. You got a good team. They are less scary now, for sure. <laughs> I like to think we're a little bit younger, and I think most of the old, the older athletes in this league might wear down by playoff time. A direct shot at our twenty-seven-year-old team. <laughs> There's much older teams than yours. Yours team's actually considered one of the younger. I think. I know, which is crazy because none of us can run. We've been practicing though. That left a bad taste in our mouth. What'd you guys beat us by? Like two. <laughs> it was close. Game. It was close early on. 
We only didn't cover by one, and I, I called it early because we had some injuries. So <laughs> That was a good spread then. Uh, yeah, no, perfect spread. Oh, Chase, this is great. Uh, best of luck in Germany, man. Do you have anything else uh, you'd like to talk to me about? Are you good to go? No, I just want to say thanks for bringing me on. Always, always like to do this. Maybe we'll keep up and uh, do another one sometime when middle of Germany after I get my feet wet over there and see how things are. Of course, man. Yeah. As long as you have internet, we're good. This is how we do this now. But Chase, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm going to miss you while you're over there. Hopefully we get to party one more time. Uh, Until then, I will talk to you soon. Now it's time for The Bachelor. Right, Lexi Browning, Bachelor Red Talk. We are back. Four hours of content all built into what hopefully will be around a 25-minute podcast. Lexi, how are you? I'm great. Um, I took too many notes for this to be 20 minutes long. I mean, I am overwhelmed. Let's get cracking. All right. Well, yeah, you you got 25 minutes tops. I have plans. Uh, let's go ahead and kick it off. Night one. So we started off with this Brendan Demi Piper situation. Go nuts. Yeah, Demi's going to arrive with a date card. She takes Brendan. Natasha is just going to like sweat this one out while she's gone. She's just going to like kind of stand next to a lighthouse with her veil on, staring out at the sea, just thinking about things, trying to get her vibe okay. She doesn't want to bring that negative energy around anyone else. And Demi seems hammered drunk to me. And she's going to overreact when Brendan expresses that he wants to maybe keep his options open and not start dating right away on the first day, on the first date. And Demi doesn't seem to be the type of person who is used to things not going her way. And meanwhile, back at Mama's, word is getting around about Brennan and Piper. And Natasha catches wind of this conversation and pulls her veil just a little bit tighter and continues to stare out at the midnight sea. And our boy Brennan is playing the game here. Like, he seems nice and innocent, but this man is plotting and scheming and strategizing but at least he's not going to lead Demi on. He kind of tells her right up front, even though it goes very poorly. And then later on, Demi is going to confront Brennan about Piper. And he's like, no, no, listen, there's no titles. We were just enjoying each other's company. And that's that. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of drama over this, a lot of awkwardness over this. And Demi's like, you know, I can't believe that... Um, I can't really believe anything you're saying right now. And he's like, well, you're entitled to believe whatever you want. Demi's like, what? I'm not entitled. And you're like, Demi, sis, that's a whole different use of the word, but go off, I guess. Demi's pretty brutal, but she survives last minute. Uh, This situation was very interesting, but I thought Natasha played this well. She understood that Brendan held the rope, had the rope. She understood that Brendan held the rose and she understood her role. You got to survive in advance. You got to be on TV. Even if it's not Brendan, at least she hangs around, lives to fight another day. The guys had the roses and Demi, because of the way she acted, almost got sent home if it wasn't for this Victoria Paul catastrophe of an episode one. Uh, that that girl is, is not the smartest person in the room. 
Yes, exactly. And yeah, but just to note before we move on to Victoria P, like Brendan sits down with Natasha and is like, you know, I'm feeling you harder than anyone else here, <clears throat> including Piper, who might be on the way. Like we talk about deeper things than me and Piper do. And you're like, wow, I love this. I, I love Natasha. This is so great. And yeah, just want to note that before episode two, when tides maybe start shifting a little. But yeah, on to Victoria P. I mean, this is an overall really embarrassing display for our snatched mommy, Victoria. I mean, she starts out by being like, you know, my friend who's an energy healer told me that if I get the chills, then it means I'm in the right place at the right time with the right person. But I haven't quite felt that yet. So I'm hoping maybe someone else will come down that I can connect with later. But I just got to get this rose in the meantime. So she's setting this whole thing up being like, I am definitely just rose fishing here if that's not obvious by the fact that I can't remember this guy's name for the life of me and I'm a huge idiot so she got this dude's name wrong so many times that I actually started getting it wrong people were asking me about it at work and I was like oh yeah it's crazy how she couldn't remember Justin's name and they were like no it's 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 James like it, it threw me off even how many times Victoria Paul mispronounced this man's name and she struggled with other words um she called the ever so popular cicada the bug that's been prevalent this summer she called it a toyota suv a sequoia uh she <laughs> even asked james she said do you pee outside like has she ever talked to another man before like like men just wake up and they're like i wonder if i'm gonna pee in the toilet or outside today let's just press shuffle and see what happens like i said Every game is not a tailgate, you know? People go to the bathroom in toilets. Yeah, I mean, this is not... You can't brush this aside and be like, oh, no, I'm from Louisiana. Like, these poor people from back in your hometown are watching this just aghast. I guarantee it. And I've never been there, but I can pretty much guarantee that they are very upset with their representation on TV. Oh, yeah, guarantee it. I mean, I've been there. It's it's a rambunctious place, but by no means do these people just not have toilets and and the men are, are not subjected to just having to go outside to take a piss every time they want to. Wild statement from her. And I liked how James was like, what? Like, what did you just say to me? But anyway, that's going to come back later. Uh, Ivan and Jasenia, kind of nice, kind of wholesome. Wow, yes. I mean, they seem so cute together. Inject this into my eyeballs. I was living for the pool makeout and all things Ivan overall. I think things may get a little rocky with Jacinia based on the preview, but I'm an Ivan stan. I'm loving this. And I just thought that, I I mean, they didn't show much of the date, but what they did show was bomb. Let's go. Jacinia and Ivan get engaged. Yeah, I'm down for them to get engaged next episode. It's a breath of fresh air. There isn't a lot of other positive things going on on this show. So big fan of them. Uh, cute date. I feel like the night dates are always going way better than the day dates historically on this show. Uh, we also had the Aaron War. So Aaron is has got these two women who are like maybe an eighth and ninth battling over him. Very relatable. Uh, Serena C tries to go get in on it. And she has just an appalling rap where she she freestyles to Aaron beatboxing. And you get to pick one. You have to pick one. Serena sees rapping or Connor singing. Oh, my God. That's a horrible, horrible 
like just option tray, I guess. I mean, I guess I would have to go with Serena C. At least it was a little bit funny with like the sit on your lap thing. I mean, I hate myself for saying this. I hate you for making me choose. But yeah, I just can't with Connor B. So awful to watch. Uh, Serena C, I felt like she was going to lose when she did that rap. Tammy took the games in her own hands, went and just got on top of him. And right before, she's like, yeah, it sucks to see him over there kissing another girl. So that means I kind of like him a little bit. Like, th- this show is literally a grade school mixer with gorgeous adults. <laughs> I was so shocked that Tammy didn't just absolutely go off. I was like, Tammy, I thought I knew you. I thought I trusted you to just take this the wrong way and make a huge segment out of this. But instead she was like, I'll show you. And then she gets up there and just publicly straddles Aaron. And he somehow gets out of this completely unscathed. Pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, Aaron is hilarious to listen to talk on the show. I'm I'm a big fan of his, but so far his his draw in terms of the women that he's been presented with, it hadn't been great. Uh, let's see what else we got from night one. We had a Taj NATO. We had plenty of those back to back night one and two. Uh, Victoria, Queen Victoria, short tenure from her. Uh, I know we're all fans of that, but she tries to go talk to Trey. Uh, that's how desperate she was. She went after Trey, and then the Taj NATO came out. That was uh, that was pretty fun. Yes, very fun and very underreported. We had a little makeout sesh with Deandra and Carl, a low-key thing hatching over there. Just saying. Carl surviving a little bit. How motivational. The, the main story of the night, though, was this Kelsey, Victoria Paul, Tammy war over James, which wasn't an actual war over James's heart but it was a war involving james as the only man they basically told james hey man she doesn't really like you at all you went out of your way to tell david spade you guys had a connection that was pretty stupid uh we're gonna go kind of tell you that she has a country music singer boyfriend just like her best friend victoria fuller who is awesome spectacular so pretty funny nice (laughs) what we're talking about okay yeah so victoria paul uh calls them out and this was Possibly the worst example of how to confront someone that I have literally ever seen. She goes up there and she says, I love you guys every four seconds, when she clearly does not love them. She barely knows them. And then when they try to explain to her why she is wrong, she immediately deflects and says she needs to remove herself from the scenario. Really hard to watch. Yeah, so bad. And even before that, like the confrontation between James and Victoria, like he sits down and before he even finishes his sentence, she's like, okay, well, can you just like take a breath and like just relax? And she's being so defensive and trying to accuse him of coming at her sideways. But it really just like makes her look very manipulative because he's being so calm and reasonable. So she isn't able to like successfully paint him as the attacker in the situation. And then she is like, I'm just going to totally wave my flag here and go home, which is a telltale sign that she just got caught lying and didn't think she could recover from it. I mean, the, the claims of they were banging on Thursday and they have a dog together. I mean, that's pretty strong. And maybe you could make the excuse for Victoria, like, Oh no, they were bro- they were broken up and like she was being wrongfully accused and she just went home too early, didn't really explain herself much. But then she gets in the car and she's like, 
I mean, there's no point in being here looking for something I already have back at home and flashes some creepy smile. So it's just like, what did you just do? Yeah, she didn't really get it. The dog thing was just incredibly damning of her. But yeah, she uh, self-withdraws. Pretty noble. Uh, Always a classic move to kind of know you're wrong and just ditch the scenario altogether and start over. So we go to a rose ceremony, our only one between the two episodes. We have pairings like this. We have Ivan and Jasenia, naturally. We have Noah and Abigail, grocery store Joe and Serena still hanging around. Connor and Marissa, that's not going to end well. Uh, Trey and Tajwan, Carl and Deandra, Brendan and Natasha, Aaron and Tammy, Kenny and Mari, and James goes up there. And I mean, James should be so thankful that all this happened to him in this episode. So thankful because he got so much screen time. Like this never would have happened without this scenario. He has to be watching at home like, guys, look, I'm kind of the main character on this show. And he's not totally wrong. He's a huge factor. And he picks Demi, which was just hilarious. Lexi, did Kelsey flop? I think that, um, you know, it just comes down to Demi sort of giving him the potential for sex instead of just taking the honest approach like Kelsey did, which, you know, very, very, um, you know, not really effective. You're sort of like, you know, please keep me around. And she did sort of have to play at the rose ceremony where she's like, covered in sweat and looks horrible and is like I need to sit down for a minute and Demi's like I know I think that's fake I try to have sympathy for everyone but you know this is just for show to get the rose and I'm like I feel like this is a very embarrassing move and not something that anyone would ever choose to do for attention um but yeah it ends up with Demi getting the rose. I think that's a good call, but I am sad to see Kelsey go. And we also are going to lose Serena C, Good Riddance, and Victoria, the goddess. Yeah, I think there was one more in there, too. Oh, yeah, Victoria and Victoria. Two Victorias gone. Um, as there should be. There should never be a Victoria on the show that's not four. We move on to part two. It's going to be May. Uh, Lance Bass has taken over for David Spade. I thought David Spade did a great job. Uh, a lot of these people are way too young to know who this is. They're, they're clearly pretending that they know who he is. But, um, yeah, he's in the house. Thomas acted like he knew who he was. I just feel like everybody recognizes David Spade. And if you're 23 and you're on this show, you might not know who one of the members of NSYNC is. Mm, disagree I mean Kenny was hyped he was like boy band this is my jam right here and Connor B was rocking out I mean who like doesn't 40. know NSYNC okay, okay. whatever right. you say but uh this episode this episode has Thomas Thomas is in the house and um Trey with a powerful quote I hate Thomas I'm never gonna speak to him if he pulls Taj that would be worst case scenario but Thomas, everyone, you can't be in paradise for the wrong reasons. It's impossible. Thomas is tall and the guys are mad. Yeah, Thomas is like, oh, everyone, look how large and tall I am. Look how much space I take up, everybody. I'm going to hit my nose up here because I'm just like 6'6". Can't tell you enough times that I'm just like a giant. I mean, he was walking around the same spots on purpose just so he could keep ducking and be like, oh, my God, this sucks. This is just how I have to live. 
does he not know that he's on camera? I don't know. Very confusing move from him. But yeah, he arrives. All the men are going to just immediately talk. And all the women are going to be drooling and ignoring any and all negative reviews from the men on Katie season. And Serena P has the famous quote of, you know, someone's going to make out with this guy today and I'll be all right if it's me. And I just really didn't appreciate how eager Serena P seemed to be about going on a date with anyone other than my man Joe. But it is paradise and Thomas is hot, so I'm not going to shame her. And Joe's going to correctly predict that Thomas is going to ask Serena on the date. And I loved how Serena, when Serena tells him, he's like, okay, well, I hope you have a terrible time. And he's going to be having some war flashbacks with Kendall and Leo, which I completely forgot about, but loved how he was like, yeah, I still hate Leo. Fuck that guy. He's just so very real and honest, unlike Connor B, who's like, okay, Marissa, have an amazing time. I'm not worried at all. And I just really love everything about Joe and I'm low-key mad at Serena just for accepting this date, mostly because I'm just protective of grocery store Joe. Yeah, Joe, a lot of shots of him staring out into the wilderness, hands on his knees. He was he was pretty worried, but when she when he when she came back, she did a good job of acting like he was not worried. It's a good move. They did have a weird crotch shot of Thomas while he was on that uh inflatable boat. Very interesting camera work there. But I I have never had a big problem with Thomas, but I do think it it speaks volumes when every single person hates you so much. And all the guys hated Thomas so much. Thomas's biggest mistake was talking about the guys way too much to Serena. Like it's you got to brush it off one sentence and move on. It's something you can persevere through, but he did not. He wanted to talk about it the whole time and it just uh it didn't work out. Did you notice that they changed Serena's age in the little bio thing? Like it it once said 23, a Wikipedia says 23 and at times in that episode it said 25. Whoa, no, I did not notice that. But I did notice some of like the business headlines that were showing up throughout the episode that were kind of funny. It was like um, for Demi's, it said Demigod. And then for Taj Wan's, it said still hot. And for Trey's, it said better kisser than his uncle. So interesting choices the production team seems to be making this season. But yes, okay. Back to the Joe and Serena thing. I just, I have to ask, and I'm not trying to come off as like a woman hater in any way. I'm just genuinely curious. I don't understand why all the men love Serena so much. Like she is the hottest commodity on this beach. I don't really see it or understand it. Like she's pretty and all, but why do they want her so much more than all the other women? Are you asking me? She's fine. She's hotter than all the other women. Really? Okay. I have my suspicions that it's her ass. And I know I'm out of line saying that, but I'm being 100% serious. That counts. It still counts. Is that what, is that it? I mean, it's not like something that, you know, we should just omit and act like it's not there. Gotcha. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. No, moving on. This is 
it's definitely inappropriate. Totally is. So Riley approaches the beach and Riley walks in and they act like he's Michael B. Jordan or something. I've never seen anything like it. Yes, Riley is jacked. He pulls up to the beach. He's wearing khakis and a tank top. These girls can't breathe. Magic Mike just walked in there and somehow it's Riley. And we end up with this uh, love triangle with the head cut off. Marissa, Riley, and Connor B. Even if you hate Connor, which we do, painful to watch. I mean, just think of the contrast between these two men. On one hand, you have Connor B., the sweet dork. And on the other hand, you have Riley, the muscly, swagtastic sex monster. Oh, my God. And, like, you're just like, Connor is so, like, Maybe if he had one more earring, he would have a shot in the dark, but he's one earring short. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. I, I didn't understand this hardly at all. I mean, I get that Riley is a better option for Marissa than Connor. I do. But like the rest of the women, like Taj Wan's ready to go, like just drown herself because Riley doesn't want to give her attention. Not a surprise, though. She's with Trey. But Riley and Marissa, they go on this date where – they have to eat crazy stuff if they're not willing to tell the truth. One of the questions is, you know, name your roster. How many people have you had sex with? And Riley's ready to eat this gigantic tongue immediately. Um, totally feel that. Uh, they talk about masturbation volume. Marissa's like, yep, every single day. And um, they they like have to walk past Connor on the beach. He's playing guitar. He's singing to no one. This is just heartbreaking. And then they, they go and they pretty pretty clearly have sex which is which is gross because they're not married yet and i didn't know it was even allowed but ha has that ever happened like like it on site like that <laughs> i i'm really not sure if it has or not i do think it's a uh, rarity if so but yes that does look like on the previews we're going to be seeing connor b find out about the fact that they went to the boom boom broom on site and yeah i mean they have this like fear factor-esque date they're just gonna go for the tongue from the back first like where all the tendons and the thickness of the tongue is Ew. not even like the tip it's horrible but i mean riley is able to just get marissa horned up over this plate of tongues which is obviously impressive work it's um it's one for the ages connor has not a prayer and he's just going to be making some bad music like a little loser on the beach. Okay. I mean, that's kind of mean, but I have uh, done some research into this. So that camera in what they call the boom, boom room, it stays on all the time. It is not allowed to go off. It even moves based on human movement. And that is for consensual reasons, which I'm totally for, but that is just a fun stat about that room. Great. Okay. So how did Demi get ridiculously drunk if they're, like really implementing this only two drinks per hour in this post-Karen paradise atmosphere. It's very confusing. Something was definitely wrong with her. Well, uh, Demi does whatever she wants. She has absolutely no rules when it comes to this universe. Yeah, I would say that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's not even close. But yeah, uh, Riley and Marissa uh, look 
to clearly have premarital sex, which I guess like isn't that bad because I'm pretty sure they're going to get married. I've never seen two people hit it off that quickly. Hard to see anything breaking them up. And, you know, Marissa, I didn't even really notice her. I, I, I think she was on Peter's season, maybe. I don't think she was a factor at all, but, you know, looking pretty hot. Good for her. I'm glad she's happy. Yes, yeah, she looks like a fox in that cheetah print dress flowing in the wind. I thought that Connor was going to be like Sean Kingston, suicidal on site. And anyway, uh, that is going to lead Tajwan to just be distraught about not being asked on this date with Riley because when he came down the beach, she was like, my list of men I was looking forward to meet on Paradise, Riley, that's it. I don't even know how to act. I'm speechless. She's like blotting her face in front of Wells. She just like tells him straight up. She goes right in for it, telling him, just sweep me away. I'm here for you. I want this date. And he straight up rejects her by choosing Marissa. Hindsight, I just see it way more with Marissa than with Tosh. And I like Tosh and Trey. So I'm, I'm kind of happy with the way things worked out. But I cannot tell if Trey genuinely forgave Taj and still wanted to pursue that or if he was just like this is my best chance to get a rose in advance so I have to stick with this woman for now yeah I mean I think that it, it, whoever has the roses they, they just hold literally all the power and the the other side just kind of has to cater to them it's it's very interesting dynamic and it does make for really entertaining tv Four hours is way too long, but I, I didn't like hate watching this. I watched it almost in real time, Monday and Tuesday night. We're able to record on Wednesday. So it, it's not terrible, but you do feel bad for some of these people. I never really feel bad watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette because only one of them can win. But I find myself constantly watching the show like, God, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, watching this tongue thing was was over the line for me. A lot of these things I just could not do. But, okay, then Thomas is going to have a sit-down with the bros from Katie's season, and for once he's just going to take complete accountability and apologize straight up to every single one of the men and list out all of his past sins. And Trey's willing to forgive him, and Aaron's like, you know what, I just don't really want you in my life I just want you to have your actions and they leave it at that it's very honest and surprisingly healthy you think the air is all clear but no then Serena goes ahead and stirs the pot unintentionally by telling everyone that Trey was kind of talking I mean sorry uh Thomas was kind of talking about Trey saying that he was emotionally immature. And so that's going to get back to Trey immediately. And we're going to have another blowout. We're not even going to give uh, Thomas a chance to respond. We're just going to storm off. And I just could not care less about the drama between these two. I wish they would give it less screen time because I'm not really interested. Yeah, I mean, there's just nothing going on. You know, I mean, Trey runs up to him. He's like, you're dead to me, bro. And I mean, I don't know. Like, they, they both clearly don't like each other. And that's okay. I mean, some people don't like each other. But I can't really knock them for giving this screen time because they're really, with this entire football team of people on this island, th there's not a lot going on. Yes, exactly. And then the last thing I really wanted to say is, back to the Natasha and Brennan thing. And the reason why I made that note earlier is because 
why have they not kissed? Brennan sat down and said, Natasha, I want to do this with you, even including Piper. So you can't even say that that's the reason why he's holding back. Like, why are they not kissing? They have sort of this weird confrontation and they end up separating and Natasha is just going to be crying on the daybed. So, I mean, hopefully next week Piper just shows up and we can sort of make Brennan play all of his cards so that maybe we can better understand what his motive is, what he really wants. Yeah, I'm really hoping Piper's going to come. I didn't see anything in the previews really about a new person showing up, but they may not do that on Monday. You know, that may be a, a Tuesday deal and we get a rose ceremony on Monday. Okay, yes. So next Monday night, yeah, we uh, have oh Demi God. moving in on Kenny, and Mari is going to throw a birthday cake in the fire. Oh, my God. And it also looks like Jasenia's going to be kissing a new guy. It looks like Venmo John, but I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure who that was, but I, that's why I think there is going to be a new guy moving in next week. And then Connor B is obviously going to be finding out about Marissa. And so he's going to be scrambling to find a rose from someone else. We're going to have another week of scrambles. I do think that this has been a very strategic season so far. And I really am not into all the guest hosting because Wells is doing all the heavy lifting. Let's just give it to Wells and quit messing around with all these irrelevant people like Lance Bass. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Wells has has done ever everything so far, but I don't know. I mean, it does kind of spice up the show a little bit. I don't totally hate what they're doing with the guest co- guest host, but they do need to find some consistency. Do you have anything else on this week? No, that's everything. All right, great job, Lexi. I'm running late. I'm getting out of here. Ttyl. Bye.